Hello and welcome to another episode of Inspired to Try. I'm your host, Peter Ely, and this year I turned 50, and to distract myself from this fact, I've started training for my second half Ironman uh, in next May. Um, and here is a little update on how my training is going. So January's been a uh, really difficult month for me training-wise. Um, it started at the beginning of the year. It was my father's 70th birthday, and I went off to Spain uh, with the intention of doing a lot of swimming, a lot of running along the beachfront, and generally just trying to get fit. Um, of course, I should have realised that that would never happen, and I spent 10 days getting drunk with my dad in Spain, which was lovely, and I really enjoyed it. Um, but not great for triathlon training. I then I got my impetus back, and I and I spent you know the the latter part of of January from about the tenth of January right the way through to this Monday, um, exercising religiously every day. I was putting in a good effort. I've had loads of compliments. It's been really really lovely. It's been really um, just just amazing how many people have have made such nice comments about me. So that's been lovely. Um, but then this last week, these last just three or four days, I've really struggled and um, it, it's been difficult to motivate myself and to kind of get on the bike and I kind of found that the, the seat was the wrong sort of feel, you know, it's been fine for two weeks but for this week it's just uh, been a bit of a struggle to get back on a bike and, and get motivated and stay motivated. So hopefully my next guest um, or my guest for this episode will be able to help me and explain why that is. So I'm again joined by an incredible guest all the way from uh, Brisbane, Australia, uh, Stuart Payne, who runs uh, Ready to Try and helps triathletes from all levels to get across the finish line. So hello, Stuart. Hi, Peter. Thanks very much for having me. Thank you for being here. Um, and thank you for, I don't know if you're up early or late because of the time difference, but thank you very much for, for taking the time for me. Um, uh, it's um, 20 past eight, so it's nearly bedtime. Uh, in the <laughs> evening, sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> awesome. Um, so, uh, Stuart, if you'd like to kind of give us a little bit of an introduction, who are you? What's your experience of triathlon? How many years have you raced for training people, etc.? Yeah, certainly. Um, so my name's Stuart. Um, and essentially, uh, way back when, I think uh, 2009, uh, I, I got into triathlon. Uh, the only reason for getting into triathlon was because I was running lots of half marathons and marathons. Uh, and coming from a forces background, I was raising money for the, the charity in the UK that everybody knows, Help for Heroes. Okay. Um, and I was doing pretty well at that. Um, and I'd say at that time, I was working as a an IT consultant. Uh, my project manager said to me, you're raising all this money and you're finding it incredibly easy. Why don't you do something more challenging? <laughs> um, so he said, why don't you try a triathlon? Um, and as they say, the, the rest is history at that <laughs> point. And that was 2009, uh, and where we're now 2024, I haven't. Haven't looked back since, so but uh, yeah, excellent. Oh, that's amazing. And 
What was your, for, for me, my first race, and, and for a lot of people that I've spoken to, their first race has been kind of the, the one that they love a lot. So what was your first race and what what did you enjoy about that? So my uh, first race was a, a sprint distance race uh, in the Scottish borders. Um, I'm just trying to remember the place. Gala Shields, I think it was, uh, up there on the, on the borders, as I say. Uh, so sprint distance. Um, I'm not sure in terms of whether you guys are still racing in pools or, or, or whatever. So, I think it swim... does happen, yeah. Yeah, so the 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 swim was a um, seven fifty in a pool in a twenty five meter pool, um, uh, and then the 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 bike was obviously around the Scottish borders, so up and down hills, and then just a a five k run around a local sort of school playing field. Um, so for me, it was completely alien. The only thing that I knew how to do was run. Uh, I, I couldn't swim. Uh, I I could just about breaststroke and. And I just had a mountain bike in terms of of, of, of a bike. Uh, yeah, completely new, <laughs> novice and everything else. Uh, I didn't really train for it per se. I, I probably trained with my wife at the local pool like upon Tweed. Uh, right. So much so that my, my wife was beating me at breaststroke up and down <laughs> the pool. So that really encouraged me to not. Uh, but... Uh, and it was all going so well. And then a couple of weeks before I got a phone call saying, yeah, uh, what is your uh, 750 meter time? Roughly what time do you think you'd be able to, to swim it? Uh, I think uh, we sort of said, oh, 25 minutes or, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we, uh, we turned up to the venue. I uh, had no idea what to wear, um, uh, what, what kit to bring. I had a big plastic box with absolutely everything you could think of uh, all in there. Um, luckily, that doesn't happen now. But, uh, you know, where do I get changed? What do I do, etc.? I was completely alien. So I sort of followed what people were doing. So from, from that point, uh, jumped in the pool. I was the first in the pool <laughs> uh, and I was last out of the pool. So uh, and I swam the whole 750 uh, um, uh, breaststroke i probably annoyed the hell out of everybody being in the way uh, but being last out of the pool i got a big round of applause and that sort of inspired you and it was so i think it those smaller races are so welcoming and, and everything else and got into the car park and realized that i had to get changed uh, i didn't have a tri suit i just had a pair of swimmers on i was like uh, what do i do now uh, do i take my swimmers off <laughs> Do I um, or just run with my swimmers on? Put my shorts on. I didn't have bike pants. I, I didn't. I didn't have anything. Uh -huh. I just put my t-shirt on, shorts, old pair of runners, and then went off on my bike and and cycle around the, the, the Scottish borders. Really, oh, met man. my wife halfway around the course. Uh, she waved at me and laughed a lot, and I laughed <laughs> a lot back. I think the the the, the vision probably would be an old man in a bicycle with a basket on the front and loads of bread and wine sticking out. It was just, it was that sort of moment. It was just so much fun. Uh, got back, put the bike down. And then because I was a runner, I smoked, smoked, smoked the run really, but it was just yes. such a, a different experience. And I think pretty much from that moment, I was, uh, I was hooked. So. Yeah. It, it, it really does kind of hook you. And, and it's funny, everyone I've, I've spoken to so far has always said, they got into triathlon and they they couldn't swim. So it's something that they've always had to learn 
to do do you find that with your with the people with your clients when you're training them that they come to you and they kind of go I'm all right on the bike I can do a bit of running but I haven't got a clue about swimming is that something that you still find absolutely and you'd be amazed because um everybody thinks uh you know the Australians are great swimmers and everything else and you would say the majority of them are pretty much the Aussie kids are born in the pool um uh, from that perspective but there is still quite a few people that 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 are actually scared of the the, the swim uh, whether it be your sort of sprint distance right up to your Ironman distance I get quite a lot of inquiries to do swim lessons and uh, and all that sort of stuff and I would probably say that's probably the number one issue when people jump on board for for, for coaching is that they're they're worried about the swim which is, which is fair enough so yeah it was true for me as, as a child I, I always used to be a bit of a fish and then I stopped swimming yeah. and uh and I thought it was going to be just playing just straight in. And I kind of jumped in and splashed about for a minute and then realized I yeah. wasn't going anywhere. So, yeah, it does seem to be the big issue. Yeah. Um, so in, in my first race, it sounds a bit like your sprint, right? It, it, my first race, almost everything that could go wrong, possibly went wrong. So apart from that first race, have you ever had any other mishaps in races and how did you cope with them? Uh, I've actually probably got a few funny stories. Um, uh, well, probably fast forward a couple of years um, to my second Ironman, um, which was in New Zealand, uh, probably 2015, I think. Um, and they always say, don't try anything new on a race or, or, or whatever. Yeah. So way back then, nutrition was just nutrition. You just got on with it. It wasn't as uh, detailed and well thought out as it is now. So in that second race, a couple of days before, uh, I think in the local supermarket, I picked up these protein balls. I thought, okay. oh, these are really nice. So I, I ate a packet before uh, and I thought, oh, I'll put these on the bike. These would be fantastic to munch on during the bike. Yeah. Uh, so it, just to break up the monotony of having like an electrolyte or, or, or whatever sure. it was. Um, so I, <laughs> I downed all these protein balls. And I thought nothing of it. Um, got onto the run. And, oh, my goodness. Uh, I pity the poor person that went in that porta potty after me. And <laughs> I just thought my world had ended. It was terrible. And it was just like, wow. Um, so again, uh, to, to your listeners, don't try anything new on race day. I really suffered stomach cramps and so bad in terms of GI issues. They probably don't want to hear this, but <laughs> but it's true. It's absolutely true. You've got to practice things like nutrition and, and your your um you're sort of drinking and everything else so, so. Yeah. <laughs> so that's one of the funny stories there's a few more so but i think you say people don't want to hear my i actually think that helps me right because you've you've yeah. finished these races you've done really really well in these races so it's nice to know that people that can succeed are human too so no that's great oh, thank abs- you for sharing. absolutely absolutely um and I think that's the thing. Uh, a lot of people are, are sort of worried about this. But for me, uh, way back then, this was before I was a coach. Um, I had a coach for my first Ironman, but for, for this one, I went out on my own. Um, and you and you do find a lot out for yourself. Um, yeah. And it's very hard, especially nowadays, to be consumed by everything on YouTube, the internet, uh, whatever it be and, and there's so many different opinions and, and whatever and I think it's valuable that you you, you sort of learn from people who've experienced this stuff and, and everything else um, 
you know, try new things or whatever, but don't try them on on, on but race don't do them on race so, day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. excellent. So, yeah. And, and you mentioned that you kind of you learn a lot, and and I certainly did um, learn a lot about myself. What have you learned about yourself by competing in triathlons, competing in Ironman, and also helping people and training people in in Ironman? Yeah, I think for myself, uh, coming from the background that I was in, I was in the forces for for eight years. Um, I played sport. Uh, played hockey for a number of years uh, and then obviously into the half marathons and marathons. I think it's having that determination just to push on when things aren't quite, quite going as, as well as they should be for whatever reason, while you're sometimes on that bike um, and, and your butt's sore or you're on the run and your legs are sore and whatever. And I think it's, it's really, it's a horrible thing to say, but I think it's mind over matter it's not a horrible thing to say, but it's it's mind over matter rather than um, anything else. Because if if you can control the mind, you're pretty much you're ninety percent there. And I think we've all been through it. Um, you know, you can do a thirty minute run, you know, two or three times a, a week doing the same route. Uh, that first run could be really bad for whatever reason, and the second run can be really good. So what's the difference between the two? Well, it could be anything from all those external stresses that we talk about to, to, to something else. So those external stresses I talk about with my athletes could be anything, whether you've had a bad day at work or whether the partner's been playing up, whether um, you, know, uh, you haven't slept well, et cetera, et cetera. You know, on the second day, uh, on that second run, you might have had a perfect day and it's, you know, it's the same, same, same run. Yeah. it's just a different result and people don't really take all those things into consideration they just think oh you know it's just not very good but i think if you're in the right environment and everything else that really really helps yeah i i kind of liken it to saying people aren't computers right if you if you yeah. if the weather's raining and you push control c it's going to copy if the weather's yeah. sunny and you push control c it's going to copy you know, if you've had a bad train journey, control C, the computer will do the same thing, right? And as humans, yeah. we don't. We're very, very different. So, yeah, it's a really lovely point. Thank you. Uh, and um, it, uh, just sorry, just to, to go on uh, on about that, uh, or to further that, we, we had a, a, an athlete over here, a uh, uh, fantastic athlete, great runner, uh, and all of a sudden he picked up this niggle. Uh, and we were looking at it and we thought, oh, is, it, is it runners? How old is it runners? Is it insoles? Are we doing enough strength training? Is it glutes weak? All this sort of stuff. We went all the way around the houses. And the last thing we looked at was his job. And at that particular oh. time, his job was so stressful. Um, again, it was the, that external stressor and it was just yeah. affecting his training. He'd go for a run and he'd be too busy thinking about, I've had a really bad day at work. What am I going to do about this issue? He wouldn't be concentrating on the run. So he picked up a niggle uh, for whatever reason. He wasn't running quite properly or could have slipped yeah. off the pavement. We don't know. But because he's focused on that and not on the, the task in hand, you know, yeah. it, it sort of led, led us down to that route. As soon as we got rid of that external stressor, niggle gone is back to his best. So there's a lot, there's a lot in that, I think, to be honest, sir. I, I agree because actually my next my next question you've, you've just kind of actually made me realize something um, my next question was what keeps you motivated because at the time of this recording I've had a bit of a tough week and I've struggled mm. to kind of do any training this week 
And I think there was an external stressor that was going on for me. So I was on the bike and the seat didn't feel right. And, you know, just things yeah. didn't quite feel right for me. And I think actually that might have been it. But what actually does then keep you motivated to continue training? Um, now this is a this is a good one because you should never. Uh, I suppose I, I've got a business mentor now. She's uh, she's a triathlete and everything else. And because uh, I'm going to New Zealand, this will be Ironman number nine, and I'm doing another event in May. It's almost like I want to finish with a bang, but I want to prove to everybody that, you know, I can do this stuff. Uh, I don't, I suppose it comes down to the imposter syndrome. Yeah. Uh, working with this business mentor, we talk a lot about this as well, which, 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 which is, which it happens. Um, and I think it's down to that. And I think to, I want to set a good example to show people that I can do this. It's all well and good being a coach and saying, right here, Dave, do this session and whatever. But from my perspective, well, if I'm making Dave do it, can I do it? Yeah. So the sessions I tend to give to people over a number of years is that I've already tried them out. And if I know I can do them at the, whatever level I'm at, and depending on Dave, for instance, yeah, he should be able to do it as well. So, you know, and yeah. Dave will come back to me and say, oh, I'm really struggling with that session. And I'll think, yeah, actually, when I did it, first of all, I struggled, but it gets easier and it gets easier. And I think... Athletes respond to that in the terms of that, you know, you've already been there, not yeah. done it per se. I'm not, it's not an ego thing, but they know that you've been on that journey and that helps. But for me personally, it's just that I want to better myself. And I think like yourself, I'm over getting over that 50, sort of mid fifties now. <laughs> and I think for me, it's that, uh, that last sort of swan song, really. I just want to go out and give a good account from account for myself and not let myself down from yeah. from from that perspective and i think that's a more of a, a pride thing and, uh, and and everything else so i want to be the sort of the best version of myself that i can be so that's you know, lovely. so it, it it does get tough but you just got to work through it i think so yeah no it, it it's so true it's so true but and and i think you mentioning the external stressor there was something it got resolved and i know i'm getting on my bike today so i yeah it, it's that's i never thought of it like that that's amazing thank yeah. you and I it's just changing your perception of things and, and whatever what is hard and you know and i think there's a couple of bike sessions that i give to the, the athletes and they always say oh this is so hard and i say well give it you know it's going to get harder but when you come back to that session it'll be easy it'll be you easy. Know, yeah and all the rest of it and i always say to say to the team that you know training is meant to be hard so that come race day, race day is a celebration of everything that you've put in for the last 18, 20 weeks. So just go out there on race day and enjoy it for what it is, because we all do this for enjoyment, right? Yes. So, and that's it. And the best part of the whole process is the actual race day, getting through that finish line and, and everything else. And I think that's, and that's where people need to, to look at it. It's a, okay, what, you know, fit it yeah. in, get on with it, so. It's such a beautiful way of phrasing it. And it was one of my questions for you uh, because it was it was in one of your reviews. There was a chap called Chris who had said that you said, you know, race day is a celebration of all of that training that you've done. And I really love that phrase, the way that you phrased that. Um, mm -hmm. Do you have any other nuggets like that that you kind of say to your clients? Um, 
uh, probably some that aren't repeatable. I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it really depends on, on the individual and, and where they are in their training and, and everything else. Uh, and I try and, and help them through it and try and see ways sort of through it as well. Um, and it is tough, um, and especially uh, we spoke before uh, at the moment, especially in Queensland, we've gone through a big heat wave, humidity, and now we're into the rain. And we're sort of taking 11 or 12 uh, people over to Ironman New Zealand. And they're all suffering with uh, different um, different things at the moment. And it's just partly because it, it, it is what it is. But then you just got to look at, is there a different way of doing things? You know, so we've got all people that decide to go run at lunchtime. Well, lunchtime's a holiday. day. Can you not move inside? You know, can you find a local gym that does like a seven-day membership where you can just go in and steal the treadmill for an hour or, or whatever? Um, so much so we had one guy, bless him, um, who ran on the treadmill for two and a half hours just to get his long long run in at the local gym. So wow. because it's been so hot, but there's air conditioning and, and whatever. Yeah. So in my case, I think on Sunday we had, uh, it was probably one of the, the the hardest days in terms of, or sorry, uh, the worst days in terms of weather. Uh, right. It just continually rained. So I spent five and a half hours on the trainer. Um, wow. But you make it work. You look yeah. for things to do. Um, and I suppose uh, a good example was we had a couple of athletes last year that did what we call a, uh, an ultra, ultra triathlon. I don't yeah. know if you have them in the UK yet. So the first day was a 5K swim, 100K bike ride. Second day was a uh, 200 bike ride. The last day was a 50K run. Um, so what we did for the, for the run, rather than try and run, you know, 30, 40, 50Ks in one session, yeah. we'd split it up. So you yeah. do one in the morning and one in the evening. But I think if you look, I'm not, I mean, I'm using that as an example, but if you look, uh, probably jumping ahead with your, your questions, right. but if you look at your training schedule, uh, you know, you've got an hour and a half on the bike. If you can't fit an hour and a half in, why not cut it in half or just divvy it up, but get it done throughout the day, you know? Um, yeah. And that's the, I think that's the biggest thing if you've got family priorities and work and, uh, and everything else. Yeah, of course. No, that's a, that's actually really great advice. Yeah, to to kind of not worry about it being doing it all in one go. Having that kind of just do it in the in the segments that you can achieve it. In. Yeah. I think that's a really yeah, it's a really important message. Thank you. Yeah, and I think the sorry, I'll probably jump in ahead again. No, right. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> but um, the the biggest thing when you're starting out in your triathlon journey is getting the support of loved ones partners friends whatever um because they're the ones at the end of the day that will pick up the pieces so essentially um we're both in training now um but if you have a bad session like we've spoken about you want to come home and you want to vent to somebody yeah. um and whilst you'll vent to your coach if you if you have a coach and whatever which is which is fair enough you'll always you always want to vent to your loved one um yeah. and they'll have to put up with you whatever you're saying or whatever and they'll probably roll their eyes and whatever but you need that 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 support and that support network because at the end of the day when you come through that finish line and guarantee the first person you'll look for is your loved one yeah. then your coach um because you know they've been on that journey with you you know uh they've got up early with you or you know made you lunch or if you've had a couple of flat tires and you can't get home who's your phone <laughs> Um, come again, Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters yeah. doesn't exist. Does it? 
um, and it's cheaper to phone um, your partner rather than uh, a taxi or, or whatever. So they're yeah. the ones that really pick up the pieces. They pick up the slack, you know, and I think yeah. a lot of people don't really take that into account, um, you know. It's really fascinating. I was talking to uh, a lady before and she was saying her and her partner both do Ironman, um, but they do it. One will do Ironman for a season and the other will do short so yeah. that they can look after the kids and then vice versa. And they kind of swap it around. So, yeah. And I, I, I kind of thought about it in that respect. I never thought about it in things like you get a flat tire. Who do you call? Because, of course, yeah, yeah, you need someone to help you get home. <gasps> That's amazing. Yeah, my wife can tell you many, many a story of having to find a, a place in the dark in the middle of nowhere at, <laughs> at three, four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And, and then pick me up. Uh -huh. Yeah. So. so this is incredibly difficult for every single person that I ask this next question, because there's more. There's So you've got the swim, you've got the bike, you've got the run, you've got nutrition, you've got training, you've got transition. But if I tie you down and say, you're only allowed to give one piece of advice. What one piece of advice would you give to a newbie or someone like me who's attempting a second race after seven years? Now, this has changed over a number of years in terms of advice. If you look at your race, and especially the race that you're doing, the 70.3, the majority of your race will be on the bike. Okay. So I would say first and foremost is make sure you have a good bike. The only thing I would probably caveat that with is if you've got a good bike, make sure you can run off the bike. Okay. So whilst you're doing your training, I would say even if it's 10, 15 minutes when you finish, run up and down the garden or whatever it is, or jump on the treadmill, 10, 15 minutes doesn't have to be fast, but it'll just gradually build up. So as, as we mo most of the sort of listeners will know, you get off that bike and you start running, it's cherry licks. Yeah. But if you, you know, if you train that part of it, it it, it does get a lot easier. So, um, cool. yeah. yeah, thank you. I like that. Yeah, I, I do have I have a nice bike. I bought that in my 40s <laughs> for the for the first race. And that's it's like my baby. I don't I, yeah. I one of my cousins, she sent she posted pictures of her children in the bath and all of that sort of stuff, as people do when they have kids. And so I got my bicycles and I had two and I had it up on a frame and I was washing it and <laughs> taking pictures just to, yeah. just to kind of rub it in. Cause I don't have children yeah. of my own. So awesome. I think everybody does. I think everybody does that. Um, yeah. It's a big thing over there. I don't know sure if it is in the UK. I'll have to check it out, but it's a big thing over here in Australia is a new bike day. Oh, right. Um, you get a picture of the shop and everybody's like, Oh, here's my new bike and all this <laughs> sort of stuff. And it's all on social media everywhere and whatever. <laughs> that's awesome and it should be celebrated because they yeah, are so course, important yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah excellent um the triathlon community is famously a very friendly community until race day um i don't talk about negatives at all so have you ever met anyone that has left you awestruck or inspired who's who's been an inspiration for you so many stories i've actually coached I, I was somebody asked me the other day how long have you been coaching for um and how many athletes have you looked after or coached i suppose uh, and in the short time i've been doing coaching uh i've coached over 180 athletes wow um of all different ages 
shapes, sizes, backgrounds, everything else. Right. Um, numerous stories of people saying, oh, I'd never do an Ironman. I'd never do a 70.3. I only do sprint. Yeah. Uh, and all of a sudden they change their mind, they get inspired and, uh, and all this sort of stuff. Uh, I've, got, I've got two stories. So uh, the first cool. one was um, uh, a, a lady uh, just turned 60. Uh, I saw her April last year and she was just doing sprint um, triathlons and Olympic distance triathlons. And she'd seen um, probably five, six, seven of us down at uh, Ironman Australia in Port Macquarie. Right. And she said, oh, just so inspired. I want to do a 70.3. Wow. Okay. I thought we had a conversation about um, <laughs> you, you're only going to stick to sprint and maybe the Olympic. No, no, I want to do it. I want to do it. So we went on that coaching journey with her. And exactly the same as you're going through and most of your listeners are going through. It is a journey of self-discovery yes. and of what you can and can't do. Um, and then she she trained for a good solid six months, or probably about five months for um, the, the race in September last year. Got through. She was so happy. Uh, she was absolutely delighted. She couldn't stop buzzing about it, telling all her friends and whatever. But I th um, and that was fantastic. But yeah. I think the one that stood out for me, especially last year, I think there was a another young lady, um, uh, not your typical sort of triathlon shape, shall we say? Okay. Um, and she she she'd done a bit of running and everything else, and she was probably one of the last people in the pack to come through uh, uh, this race. And I kept looking at my watch and thinking, oh, she finished, but she hasn't told me. I thought, oh, I'll just go and wander down the course. So I wandered down the course and I saw her and her partner sort of walking together. Um, and then she would run a little bit and her partner would run with her. Uh, and I said to him, I said, well, you, you can't help her. She's got to do it yourself. You can't run with her. You can probably walk with her to the side, but don't, don't run with her. Um, and she had about a K and a half to go and whatever. And then her mum was further up. So I walked beside her and we were just having a chat about how far she'd come, the journey she'd been on. Yeah. And we were just talking all the way through. And we sort of got to the top of this hill. And I said, you've got less than 500 metres to go. It's all downhill. Just run it. Enjoy it and celebrate everything that is that celebration thing again. Yeah. Everything that you've done and everything you've achieved. Um, and because she was out of the cutoff only by about 10 minutes uh, for this 70.3, her mum said to me, oh, I'm so worried, Stu. She's not going to get a towel. She's not going to get a medal, all this sort of stuff. I said, let's just get her finished first and all the rest yeah. of it. So she goes, oh, please, please. And she was like begging almost. <laughs> um, so the young lady got through the finish line. She was so happy. Um, they gave her a medal. They awesome. gave her a towel, which is actually quite rare for Iron Man to do, to do that if you've missed the cutoff. But, yeah. but they did. Um, and she went over to her mum and there was a boyfriend, her mum and her, and they were just in tears. And I was big softy, I was welling up and, <laughs> and she grabbed hold of me, gave me a big hug and said, oh, thank you. Thank you so much for getting me here. And then her mum grabbed me, gave me a big hug <laughs> and all this sort of stuff. And, you know, it sort of makes the coaching part worthwhile um, from from that perspective. And it was so, so joyous. And, and that those two are probably the more recent ones that sort of stick in my memory. But uh, pretty much, I think, taking anybody from nothing all the way through their journey to whether it be sprint, Olympic, half distance yeah. or full distance, it's, it's just amazing 
looking at people how they change over the years it's uh, you know and it, their perception it, of things and I, that's the biggest thing you know yeah and and it must be it must be inspirational for for you and to help you keep going i i in in my first race i remember my coach uh he wasn't a triathlon coach he was just a gym instructor uh, but he had helped me through two years and he wrote to me and he said, you know, just seeing you do what you're doing kind of gives me the inspiration to keep doing what I do. So that's yeah. really lovely. Oh. And I think the thing that listeners need probably to remember is, although sometimes training can be a struggle, the race sometimes isn't celebration. Things do go wrong sometimes or whatever. But when you finish and you've got your loved ones around you and whatever, and your support crew, as well as inspiring them, there is somebody somewhere else that is watching your journey and thinking, I can do that. Yeah. So you may not be, you may not know it, but you are actually inspiring somebody, whether you're doing a sprint distance or whatever, starting out on your journey. It may not be somebody in your family or your colleagues or whatever. It could be somebody completely different that you don't even know that probably picks up on social media or whatever. So I would say just, keep plugging away because you are inspiring somebody somewhere else to to do this that's that's lovely it's such a lovely advice and it reminds me that when i was doing my training for the first one back in 2016 i remember my dad kept telling me that he was going to the gym he was walking on a treadmill he even threatened to apply for the london marathon he didn't do it but you know he threatened to apply so it is true you you just don't know who you might inspire Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what's been your favourite race and why? Um, I would have to say New Zealand. Uh, going back this year for the third time, um, the crowd, the atmosphere. It's a smaller race on the circuit over here in, in Australia, New Zealand. It, uh, but it's just such a welcoming uh, environment it may not have the big crowds of the the bigger races that we have over here but mm-hmm. it's just friendly the town gets involved uh, the volunteers are fantastic it's a smaller event but that that doesn't matter it's just beautiful scenery uh moved over to australia from scotland so it reminds me of being in the, in the scottish borders it's, it's just it's just a lovely place it's really it's really nice so it's a, it's a good race yeah I've, i found that in in i, I raced in saint Paulton and i found the people were so welcoming and i imagine it, it brings in a lot of money because it, it probably does you've got a lot of influx of people but you know they don't have to be pleasant about it because it's an impact on their life for that weekend yeah and, absolutely um, but yet they are and it's it is just so lovely um mm. So my my finisher medal, it has pride of place in my home. It's it's on the outside of my wardrobe so that every morning I wake up, I see it and I remind myself that I can achieve whatever I put my mind to. Do you yep. keep your medals? Do they have a special place in, in your house or? Uh, it's interesting you say that the first two Ironman I did, I had them, my wife for my, for, I think it was for my birthday. She framed them uh, with the medal, uh, the picture, the finish line picture, yeah. and the race number. Oh, wow. uh, the and they take pride of place in in my study where I'm now. Uh, but uh, I have another another six that need to be framed, <laughs> plus a plus uh, a couple of marathons and uh, an ultra triathlon that needs to be done as well. But they are visible, and I can see them. 
and they're a good reminder of what why i coach and why i train i think so yeah um, so you're going to need a bigger house come in, gonna need a bigger house <laughs> need a bigger boat but it's a, it's a good reminder and it doesn't matter whether it's a, a sprint distance or um an enticer or or whatever it may be uh, I, i'm quite precious about those medals you know yeah. it shows a commitment of your hard work and, and it's something to be proud of i've heard of people that have done half ironmans or or whatever that worn the medal into work and yeah. all this stuff and won't take it off uh, you know when you go for your celebration afterwards to the to the pub or the bar they'll wear it and whatever and the t-shirt and everything else which i think is fantastic you, yeah. you enjoy it you've you've earned it so yeah yeah i i i remember i was like uh howard wallowitz from the big bang theory when he came back from <laughs> space i was literally like iron man iron man i did an iron man <laughs> Uh, so yeah it is it is one of those things that it gets you so that's awesome um so tell me we've we've touched on the fact that you're a coach so tell me all about what you do how you help people um how they can get in touch with you etc etc yeah so i run uh ready to try triathlon coaching so if you look up ready to try.com that's r e a d y t r i sorry i uh, sorry r e a d y t o t r i dot com um that's our website you can find us on social media as well uh i officially started the business in 2017 and it was pretty much after a conversation after uh, a long rides and runs with friends somebody said oh you'd be a good coach um and then like we always do you sort of ignore it for a bit yeah. and I thought oh, I'll give it a go <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I took my qualifications with triathlon Australia um Ironman certification 80 20 endurance those sort of things as well and backed that up with um uh, fitness Australia as a personal trainer um and then sort of started that journey um and the business has really sort of grown um since 2017 um as I say helped over 100 80 athletes uh, of all different levels and um, so I look after anybody that's starting out on their sort of triathlon journey right through to people that have done ultra triathlons and everybody in between cool. um, and that's a real mixture of ages um, and backgrounds etc um, uh, which is good um, and I like to offer that extra bit in terms of uh, that personalized tracking and I think we all know we can jump on the internet and get our 30 pound plan and, and follow that blindly mm -hmm. but i like to be a bit more interactive and hands-on with the, my triathletes to make sure that they get as well as the the three disciplines you train for they also get that strength element the nutrition element mm -hmm. um uh, and even down to the psychological stuff as well um and i'm because this is now my full-time job i'm pretty much this is how i spend my day talking to my athletes updating plans helping them out whether it be advice on racing training etc i pretty much made myself available for that, that sort of business hours i suppose if you want to call it that yeah um and answering all those queries because uh, i think the thing is people say oh should i ask that question you know is it a silly question well it's not a silly question someone somewhere out of all those athletes that i've helped has probably said that question yeah or asked that question rather whether it be i, I suppose you know 
what should I have for nutrition? Should I strength train? Uh, what's the best shoes to wear on the bike? Best sunglasses and all that sort of stuff. So we have, um, uh, as well as myself, as uh, uh, that they can come to, we have like a private Facebook group and messenger. So they right. can jump on there. They can buddy up with somebody if they want to go for a ride. And they can ask those silly questions. So it's all well and well and good me saying, oh, yeah, our best sunglasses are Oakley. You know, yeah. They might like, well, it's not quite within my budget or whatever. I'll ask on the group chat and see what they've got. You'll get 101 different answers, but there's sure. lots of experience there. And I like to think it's more of a community because they all help each other. Yeah. They all stay and support each other for races. They all look after each other um, from, from that perspective. And even the, the new guys that have come in have seamlessly sort of integrated. Uh, and whether we have any group sessions, they'll come along and uh, um, uh, along to that and really help each other out. Um, so, for instance, if we do like an open water swim, you'll pair up with a more experienced buddy and help each other out from, from that perspective. And there's such a wealth of knowledge from people that have, you know, been on that triathlon journey themselves. And I learn from them all the time. So <clears throat> it's not. You know, it, 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 it is that community feel. I get a lot of pleasure from seeing the results and then helping each other out. So, Excellent. And do you work with people online, face-to-face? -face? Yeah, so we, um, I would say probably about 80% of our crew are in Brisbane. Um, for those that don't know Australia, it's a big country. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> people don't, people underestimate the size, but yeah. um, we have people in far north Queensland, um, up in Cairns area. We have people right. in Sydney, Melbourne, um, uh, in, in that sort of area as well. But we have worked with people in Hong Kong and, and the UK and New Zealand. So we're sort of open from online, really, uh, and face to face. So, for instance, today I went and did a a swimming lesson with somebody for a, a local surgeon. Right. He was getting ready for uh, um, Noosa, just wanted some swim training. Um, so that was that was fun to go and do. And then I think at the weekend, uh, I'm taking a young lady out on, on her bike so that she can use her cleats for the first time, as it were. So <sighs> she learned how to pedal, pedal properly and fall off properly, which a lot fall of people properly. don't really... But a lot of people don't really think about, um, you know, how to fall off your bike properly if you do fall off. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> it, it's a <laughs> shock the first time. I, I absolutely, remember, absolutely. I remember I pulled up to the set of traffic lights, slammed on my <laughs> brakes and then went, oh, and just slowly fell over. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, anything. Yeah. Those sort of one-on-one -on -one stuff I do I, I do quite a bit of. And I think it's important that you impart that knowledge yeah. as well. Um, we do sort of weekly check-ins with the athletes to make sure uh, that they're going going well. But I actually make them write their check-in so that if they've got any questions, and uh, sort of like an added bonus. Okay. Um, and then just before races, we do a race plan and we sort of sit and talk through the race plan and we talk through how the race is going to go from a – from a kit perspective, nutrition, everything else. So to make sure that they're fully prepared. So they've got yeah. everything they need to, to succeed on, on race day. So that, that visualization. So uh, I, I work as a hypnotherapist and that visualization for people is so important because it just lets them know, you know, as you're going through transition, make sure you've taken this out, make sure you've got this, make sure you've got that. I, I mm. famously in my first race, I, 
I got on the bike. I, I didn't quite get onto the bike. I was running through transition and this German chap started screaming at me. And I looked at him and said, well, I don't speak German. And he went, race belt, race belt. And I had to <laughs> run back and get my race belt because I'd forgotten to take yeah. it out. So, yeah, that visualisation is a really important piece. Oh, that's that yeah. sounds really wonderful. Excellent. And I think that, and that's and that's the thing that people want. They want to get that extra knowledge. They want somebody with experience that's that's been there, uh, lived it, uh, good and bad, yeah. uh, and to know that you know, oh, okay, what about this? Or have you thought about that? Um, when you get out of the swim, what do you do with your goggles? How do you take your wetsuit off? You know, all those sort of things. From where shall I sit myself in the pack for the swim and all that sort of stuff? What happens if I get a flat? You know, yes. So. No, it's it's so good. Oh, awesome, Stuart. It's been a genuine pleasure chatting with you. Um, thank you so much for your time and your knowledge and your and your experience. Um, I hope that the the New Zealand race goes really really well. I'd love to hear how you get on. Um, so yeah, brilliant. Thank you for your time. Take care and goodbye. Thanks, Peter. So what did I learn from talking with Stuart? Well, firstly, it's important to get your family on board with you um, because your journey is also their journey um, and that external factors can have a negative impact on you. So it's important to be focused on what you want and what you want to achieve. I hope you've enjoyed the episode and listen out for more episodes coming soon. Thank you.